Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Live Well Bipolar. I'm so excited to have my guest here today. We already recorded for you guys, but there was glitches and some things going on with that. So we are back here live to make it happen again. And we've been talking for, I feel like I've known her for so long and it has been probably a couple months. So I can't wait to introduce you guys to her. And before we go ahead and get into that, I want to let you know, a little bit about who she is and what she's all about. So she is a two-time entrepreneur. She is a speaker, educator, podcast host, certified functional nutrition counselor, and advanced functional nutrition practitioner in training. Her name is Courtney, and she teaches health-conscious women how to feel in control of their body by identifying and healing the root cause of their mental, physical, and emotional symptoms. So she works to educate individuals on the importance of the art of listening to one's body, what it's trying to tell them, how to create a happy, healthy lifestyle, and how to feel confident and empowered in their own skin. She's also an active mental health advocate as well, living with bipolar 2 disorder and serves on the marketing committee of her local NAMI chapter in Ohio. So Courtney, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining. And I can't wait to get into your story, this conversation, and to finally just make it all happen. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. And second chime's a charm. I think that's what we're going to call it. So (laughs) I'm excited. I know. We were actually chatting back and forth on Instagram just about our stories with bipolar and just hearing Courtney's experiences going from having her original diagnosis and then bipolar 2 and then really just going through, figuring it out, what's working, what's not, what's been helpful, what's been making things worse. So I'm going to go ahead and just let you take it away and just kind of start from the beginning. When did you first hear about bipolar, like having the diagnosis and what has your journey been like up to this point today? Great question and tough to open with, right? Because there's so much (laughs) to start with, but I really was not familiar with bipolar disorder at all until I was inpatient. So I did have an inpatient experience in early 2020. I was just in a really deep, dark depression. I normally had experienced, you know, heavy seasonal depression and was just kind of almost feel like I've had a prolonged identity crisis. And I have come to know myself very well to know when I do not feel like I am on my path or have that sense of purpose or direction. I kind of get two in my head and then I kind of create the problem myself. (laughs) But early 2020, I was just in a tough spot. As Paris said, I'm a two-time entrepreneur. And that was the time that COVID was kind of looming of what is COVID, what's going to happen. And I owned and operated a luxury wedding planning business. And so COVID weddings, events kind of stopped. So in my head, I was like, okay, this is a pivotal moment because I had no interest in trying to figure out COVID and weddings, especially someone who was in such a deep depression that gave me way too much anxiety. So I felt like I was starting over. So you have all of that looming, plus the seasonal depression, plus just everything else going on in my life. And I was at a breaking point. And so I went saw my first psychiatrist and it was an interesting experience and we'll get into that, but it wasn't until I was prescribed a antidepressant that absolutely sent me into psychosis that I was then inpatient and that's when I was introduced to bipolar disorder, specifically bipolar 2. And that was, you know, 3 
three years ago now, coming up on three years at the end of this month. And it's been quite the journey getting here to a point of purpose and stability and identity, even despite all of the changes that have been taking place and continue to take place. Yeah. And I know, especially too, like with what you bring up with all of that, just going from literally right before COVID doing the wedding planning business and you would do, I think you said 10 weddings or something like that. It was 10 weddings in what short amount of time? Yeah. So my 2019 season, I had 10 weddings between May and October and it was just me, just your girl (laughs) planning 10 weddings, but then executing 10 weddings. So it's a lot. And I don't think I really understood it at the time. And that's what really kind of put me in that deep depression was I neglected my physical, my mental, my emotional health, and that caught up with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause starting that and doing it on your own, building it up, starting this whole business and then doing, going through those, cause you guys, it's hard enough with one, (laughs) like one, one wedding, she did 10 in May all the way through October herself. And then getting into that process too, of talking about the hospitalization and not really knowing too much about bipolar or being too familiar with it until you got that psychiatrist that you saw and then you were put on the antidepressant. And it's pretty similar to me as well, you know, being put on antidepressant and then being kicked right into mania and then leading into the hospitalization and then having all these questions coming up. Like you talk about, right? How was I this way before? Predominantly more with the depression, dealing with it like seasonally. And then again, then you're hit with COVID and then the pandemic and then not being able to do that business. So now it's like, okay, what am I going to pivot to? What am I going to change to? And then figuring out, realizing in that time of just neglecting yourself because pouring all of that attention and energy into trying to make these experiences special for the people that you're working with. So what was that like after? So going into the hospitalization part and then coming out, did you feel like the hospitalization? Did you feel like you took away any tools or learned anything that was helpful coming out of that period? Yeah, I definitely learned a lot. And I've been someone who's very, very passionate about personal development and mental health anyway. And being in the hospital, granted, I was prescribed a medication that I was told was safe to take and trusted that process. And so being in the hospital. I mean, I remember being in the ER knowing I wasn't okay. I remember texting friends and saying like, yo, I can't drive. So it was very interesting experience because being in that state of psychosis, but also realizing that like, hey, you need to try and figure this out was difficult. So when I was in the hospital for the first couple days, I was in such a heightened state of psychosis that I didn't know where I was. Like I recognized that this was a hospital, but I did not recognize the significance of why I was exactly there. I don't want to get into details, but I was very grandiose. So we'll leave it at that. So I was definitely not putting all the pieces together. So that was pretty challenging. But I started to catch on to the fact that, you know, they had these classes or these activities. And I learned very quickly that The more classes and activities you go to, the better your process is going to be. Like, it's nice to build community and learn, but I also realized that you have a better chance of getting out of there if you participate. And I was in a, (laughs) I had a wedding Mm -hmm. that weekend. Like I had, I was in there for five days and I was damn determined to get out because I was supposed to have a wedding that Saturday. So I went in on a Monday. I have a wedding coming up on a Saturday. 
And being inpatient for people who are not familiar, you do not have a phone, you do not have anything really. You have everything pretty much stripped away from you, not because you don't, not because you aren't a person in there, but you're inpatient for a reason. And so you don't have a lot of things that you would normally have if you were not inpatient. So I had no way to really put the ducks in a row to have everything figured out for that couple. So I was stressed, but at the same time in that state of psychosis that I still didn't really know what the hell was going on, if I may say so. Mm -hmm. So in there really taught me a lot about, I want to say it taught me a lot about understanding the power of medications more than anything. Like, yes, it was nice to learn about bipolar. Yes, it was nice to learn about mental illness. But for me, because I'm such a like strategic person and a deep thinker, I couldn't help but think of, okay, why am I here? Why did this have to happen this way? And that's where I really started to take matters into my own hands. And I'm like, I'm determined as hell to learn more about this because medication scary. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know any better until I was in there. Yeah. And especially too, with what you bring up with the determination to learn about it, because that's something that I feel like is not everyone has that, you know, not everyone has that experience. I know at least for me, when with my hospitalization, I was kind of more shut off and kind of shut down. And later on that kind of came up. But with you, I love that you talk about the power of it because you're someone that experienced like a really, really serious negative side of it, right? So you could have been the kind of person who's like completely shut down, like, no, I'm not going to, you know, listen or be compliant or want to try anything. But you literally learned from there, like going and participating in the classes, activities, and just seeing what things come to light and what you can change and really being able to do that, I think is so awesome. Because that's really the gift that you give people now that you work with and really showing these women of how to unlock that that you, that's a supportive thing that you went through yourself. So I really love like going full circle with that too. And then also getting into that for, for the hospitalization, how long were you there? Yeah. So I was admitted on a Monday and was discharged on a Friday. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I had a wedding that Saturday, which I did not attend. I was told that I was not in the right state yet. I was still a little too up. So I basically had a very short period of time to get things figured out for that couple. And it really ended up, I mean, it was just really stressful for me and I felt like I was letting them down. So that was kind of the biggest part about me wanting to be so determined in this process was feeling like I was letting someone down because this happened. But at the same time, I've had to learn over the years to dissociate the guilt that I felt and realize like you really didn't do anything wrong. You trusted the process and unfortunately the process failed. And I think that's what, I know this is a little off from your initial question, but that's really what I tried to understand while I was there and help people understand too, is that mental health, unfortunately, like most things though, it's, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And instead of putting that pressure on yourself to feel like you you failed or you messed up or you did something wrong. Instead, it's really just trying to accept it for what it is and learn from it and grow from it. And I think that's really 
it was a wild five days. And trust me, I was still up (laughs) as I call it when I got out of there. And, but I just had this sense of purpose of, I have a mission now and I know exactly what I need to do. No, I love that too, especially when you bring up like dissociating the feelings of guilt and then putting that blame on yourself. You bring up the feelings of letting them down, letting the couple down, letting yourself down, letting others around you who are depending on you for these things and really being able to see when these things are coming up because the more you neglect it, but then you don't know you're neglecting it, right? Sometimes it doesn't always show up as like, I know I'm doing this thing or I know I I should be doing this, but I'm not. It catches up to you and then you learn how to put those pieces together to take care of it. So what was that transition like for you? What changes did you have to make from how you were living before to what you found that really did make a difference for you? So the transition was not easy. And the reason being is that, again, I had so much weighing on me. And there's a lot that, you know, story for a different time, because you and I already know we could talk too much and I don't want to, I don't want to keep you all forever, but there was a lot more to it pre-hospitalization. So I really had, I felt like I had a lot to prove, but I had a lot to figure out. And the fact that, okay, like, you know, you missed a wedding and there was a lot of things that didn't get figured out for that couple. So I had to get over that guilt. But at the same time, I was feeling the immense pressure of failure because of the fact that I didn't have a backup plan. I, you know, who, no one knew that COVID was a thing or would become a thing, right? No one can plan or prepare for that. Mm -hmm. But as someone who is so mission driven to help people, I really struggled with the idea that I was like, holy crap, for the first time since college, I need to make a resume. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need to network in a way that's more corporate America-based than wedding world. I was just, I had so much I needed to do, but I wasn't in the, the headspace for it because I was still very much so not thinking straight. The medication really ran its course. And, you know, I can't go back and I can't do anything about that, but it was really hard trying to fight your own body, knowing that like you, you have that intuition that you know better, but at the same time, like you can't do what you can't do. And that's where I was just like, okay, well, I have a lot I got to get done, but I can't think straight. And I was still grandiose and, you know, thinking that like, I'm this really cool person that's going to do all these really cool things in life. And it was an awful transition because I was like, I don't know how anyone is going to take me seriously. I don't know how anyone is going to want to hire me. (laughs) And so that was, that was interesting was being reintroduced into a workplace. And, you know, a lot of people who struggle with mental illness and especially bipolar, it's hard to hold a job. Mm -hmm. And that's nothing on that individual. That is not anything that we should have to bear or, you know, stress about. But unfortunately, it it's part of it. It's hard. It's really hard. And that's where I was like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And, you know, I got through it and everything like that. But it was, I almost don't know how to explain it to people. I'm almost at a loss for words because more than anything, it was just like, okay, you're starting over. 
but at the same time you're not, Mm -hmm. but you're trying to figure out who this new you is because it was such a traumatic experience that it was like, okay, this is life on medication. This is life with a formal diagnosis. This is life of you're transitioning professionally. This is a life of you're living in a pandemic. It was, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It took some time. We'll just leave it at that. It almost sounds like when you kind of get into it of like an imposter syndrome in a way a little bit with like, like you said, like, absolutely. Yeah. Cause you mentioned like going through that of, okay, who's going to want to hire me or, you know, basically discounting what you've already accomplished with the business that you started and then all the people that you've helped, because I feel like that's such a common thing that I love that you bring that up too with, with the part of bipolar and mental health and work and how hard we can be on ourselves. And I feel like that's some, that's can be missed sometimes. I feel like, I guess when you're thinking about it, maybe in like what people would think of bipolar, you know, if they don't know about it, like, okay, maybe these people just aren't wanting to work or maybe they're just lazy or something, but really noticing every conversation I've had with anyone on here who talks about that, they're all so passionate and so driven and do so many things. And this is the pattern that comes up is it hits you at some point and you're forced to address it and deal with it. And then going through that, figuring out what that looks like. Like you said, going through that in a crisis, dealing with coming off of a medication that really sent you into the spiral and then getting that fixed, getting that straight, then figuring out, you know, transitioning out of the weddings and that all being canceled with COVID and then figuring out now, okay, getting my resume, getting back into the world of working, which I'm excited for you to talk about because I know one of the jobs that you had actually ended up introducing you to what you're doing now and you really took away those skills. So that's really what I love about you is just the way that you described it to me of how you transitioned from the pre-hospitalization to the hospitalization to everything that you were doing with the weddings to the job that you ended up doing and then kind of getting into that. So talk to me about that part of what you did after that transition of being back home and then going into back into the corporate world, what did you end up doing and what, what did that teach you? Great question. So I want to start with saying that I went to school for sales and services marketing. So I have a bachelor of science and that's one thing that I'm so grateful for is that I just had an open mind. When Before I started college, I said, I don't know if I want to go to school. I don't know what the hell I want to do. And I felt like I was forced to do it because it was expected of me. So I said, okay, well, everything's a business, so might as well study it. And I like to be strategic and creative, so marketing makes sense. And that's literally how it happened. <laughs> so taking you know all of that into weddings, it worked. I understand business and I love the creative side of weddings. So it just made sense. And I have a lot of experience in events. So going from weddings and events and marketing and then going into corporate America, I'm like, okay, well... People aren't looking for corporate event planners. What are people looking for? And it was like, hey, like tune back into marketing and what you know. And I was like, all right, so let's go for it. And ended up working for a marketing agency for about, I don't know, eight months. Worked for a marketing agency. I know social media very, very well. I am a writer. I love copywriting. I love storytelling. So it worked. And then I got to a point where I was like, this doesn't feel 
it. Like it just really did not feel like I kind of felt like I did it. And then it was like, all right, this season is closing. And um, Mm. it's a funny story, but I'll keep it, keep it short. (laughs) I had just kind of gone into an open mind on LinkedIn and on LinkedIn, it's a great tool. If you're ever looking for jobs, anyone who's listening, professional development, really check out LinkedIn. Great tool. Like I said, and you can set up filters on there. And so I set filters based off of, you know, interests and skills and location. And thank God remote work works, right? I don't think, you know, the workforce really understood that, hey, you know, they don't have to be in the office. We can still get stuff done because I kind of exhausted my options locally. And so one thing led to another. I ended up applying for a job, didn't know too much about it until they had reached out and wanted to talk with me. And then I went, I was like, oh, okay, this is good. This is a good thing. And looked into them and was like, holy crap, I didn't know this existed. I honestly didn't know too much about the company or about what it was. I was just trusting the process, you know, just trusting that things were going to come into place as I needed to. And that company taught me so, so much about myself, honestly, and my passions and being in a healthcare space and working on for a startup that's a technology base that helps people in general with movement and lifestyle and just being the healthiest and happiest version of themselves. And once that fell into place, I knew I was like, Court, you've always wanted to study medicine. You've always wanted to study the body because of my chronic physical illness that we're not going to get into. But I knew when I went to school, there's no way in hell I would be able to graduate because I suck at tests. So I was like, you're not studying that. It's too hard. So you're going to study business. And not that business isn't challenging. But anyway, I just knew one day it would all come together. And so ended up pursuing this job, took this job as a director of marketing, health tech startup, and had decided, okay, this makes sense to start these certifications. Because before like, you're a wedding planner. Like, why would you study these things? It makes no sense. And so it was just like, okay, you know, you have that intuition, your, your, your body, your mind is telling you like to chase these things. They're not random. They're your passion. And I had to be patient. And guess what? I am not a patient person. (laughs) So I was like, all these years later, are you serious? And that's kind of what got me on that path. And one thing led to another. And earlier, I almost said this year, it's 2023, February of 22, things had kind of come to another pivotal moment. And with a startup, you know, things are ever changing. And it kind of came down to, okay, are you going to stay in corporate America? Or are you going to pursue this new business that I had been building with nutrition was not really ready to do anything with it because I really loved what I was doing for that company. And so I didn't, I I saw that as my forever thing. It made sense. And so now all of a sudden it's like, well, it's not going to be your forever thing. What are you going to do? And I said, okay, I guess we're going to go for it. Sink or swim mindset of, I know this is what I want to do. I'm going to make it work. And yeah, so we're coming up on a year of being full-time in the second business and really feeling like I'm on the right path of everything had to happen to get here and now being able to help people in this way of mental health and physical health and just being 
a healthier and happier version of themselves. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Uh, Especially getting into like the fear that you had at the start of that, right? With the transition of, okay, now I need to go back into corporate America and search for this job. And what if I don't find something I like or matches or all these things, but you went for that and you found something that you actually ended up really loving and taught you so many things about pushing yourself to do the certifications that you told yourself you couldn't do with the wedding planning. Like, why are you going to do this? You're doing this. But then see, that's the thing is when we have these new opportunities or different things that come up in front of us, it really gives us the opportunity to tap into the thing that we've been wanting to do, but have been like hesitating or maybe putting it off. And I love that you mentioned too, of taking that director of marketing role and really using the skills that you've learned. And then even from before then with social media, with marketing, with building relationships and really transitioning that into, into starting that process of building the business, working with clients, helping them with what you really love. I would love to ask you too, going from leaving the startup in February of 2022, and now literally next month coming up on a year, what has been the lesson that you've learned that you didn't expect to take away from what you're doing now? Another good question. You are full of the goods, girl. (laughs) So it's funny because I had a meeting with my therapist today and we were talking about the fact that I have been in a situation for most of my life that I feel like my worth is identified with how productive I am and what I accomplish. And that just goes back to toxic childhood all of that inner child healing, you know, all of that stuff. And I really haven't had resources to, whether it's insurance-based or just not knowing any different to have, you know, professionals like that in my life. And now that I do, I was like, okay, here are all these things that I learned about myself, you know, previous to COVID in the first business, all of these things I learned being back in corporate America. Now, you know, being full-time business owner again, it was just like, here's what I would do differently. And I feel that it's just kind of a, you know, everything happened how it was supposed to, but I feel like now that these changes have happened with, you know, I switched psychiatrists recently, found a new therapist. And just because it is the timing of the year, it was literally three years ago this month and my birthday's later this week. So it's like, it's not just a new year. It's not just reflecting back on three years ago, but it's also, I'm about to turn 28. So it's like, that's kind of why I've had this sense of urgency of like, okay, close this chapter, you know, figure things out. And I think the biggest lesson that I've learned really is to learn to slow down of all things. I feel that because like I said, I've had all of this happen to me. I always feel like I have to have a backup plan. And then if I don't have a backup plan, I'm not safe. And that's where I put myself in this place of got to do all the things all the time and just be really, really, I don't know. Again, I tie my worth to what I do and I need to just learn to like, Hey, you've busted your butt and you've been through a lot for 28. I always joke and say I'm at least 40, but I've been (laughs) saying that for like five years. So at this point, I don't know how old I am. I'm an old soul. And so part of me is like, you're allowed to slow down. Like it is okay. You are safe. That's a big thing. And I think that's just what I want to teach other people so badly is that yes, it's hard to trust the process and the unknowns are scary but we have to learn to release that pressure and that stress from ourselves and really just trust that things will work out. I hate saying everything happens for a reason because obviously really bad things happen. And so I don't say that in a way to, you know, really drill that into people's minds, but instead of just be like, okay, 
I cannot control this and this really freaking sucks, but what can I learn from it? And so I feel like now that things are changing with my medications and, you know, story for a different day on that too, that you and I have touched on, but I feel like here I am three years ago and that opportunity that was taken away from me by that medication and that psychiatrist, I now have the power back and it's like, okay, three years ago, what would I have done in that first business? And what I would have done is looked at what did I like about how I operated this year? What do I like? What don't I like? What would I change? Who, you know, how can I become a better business owner, a better, you know, just person for the people that I'm serving? And so I'm kind of like, it's kind of full circle moment of like, okay, this is what you would have done three years ago. And here you are doing it again. Put that in practice, be that person you want to be, you know, keep giving to others in the way that you're giving to others, but you need to let yourself feel safe so you can really take care of you on that next level that's going to be demanded at this, you know, time of time of life or season of life that I'm in. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love how you get into, especially the releasing the pressure and then also like what you can and can't control. Cause I feel like, you know, getting into like the nitty gritty of the past and different things, especially getting into your story of literally going back from reflecting on, you could sit there and say, well, I was on this medication. This is what it did to me. And I had this psychiatrist and this happened with this. And then, you know, all these things that we can talk about that didn't work out, but then look at what you did with that and look at the lessons you learned from that and applied it. So, you know, that really brings me to the last question. I always love to ask everyone because I feel like you, I feel like you for sure gave the answer to this, but I'll ask you, ask it and you can give like a one word or two word answer to it. So when you think of the podcast, right? So live well bipolar, what does that mean to you? What does it mean to you when you think about yourself and all you've gone through in the past three years with receiving the diagnosis and everything that you've dealt with, if you think about living well with bipolar, what does that mean to you? So this gives me goosebumps to say, but I'm not just going to give you a couple words. I'm going to give you one word and that word is growth. I love and just really just seeing that from your entire story because I remember literally getting into meeting you. I felt like we talked back and forth. We were like sending each other voice messages back and forth. Then we got on like another app because we can talk longer on this and just going back and forth on this happened to you or, oh my gosh, same with me. And that's, that's really what I love about this. You guys is being able to, we would have never met if Courtney never shared her story. If she wasn't out there, I would have never been able to reach out to her and say, Hey, you want to have this conversation and tell your story. If it wasn't for, you know, her really being vulnerable and wanting to open up about her experiences and doing what she does to help women today really identify that. So before we hop off, I want you to tell everybody, where can they go to get more of you? Sure. And, you know, before I do share that, I just want to say thank you because it does go both ways. If you weren't so passionate about giving people a platform to speak and sharing your own story, you know, it's a two-way street, girl. (laughs) Don't discredit yourself there. So I appreciate everything you do. And I love this podcast. And it's just awesome to hear other people, you know, figuring out life, right? That's, That's the growth factor. That's the lesson learned factor. But yeah, so love you. <laughs> but in regard of where you can find me, I am a big Instagram girl. At one point in time, I wore the title of IG Queen when I was working for that marketing agency. But you can find me on Instagram at the Mindfulness Nutritionist. That's where you can find a lot of things on how to heal your mental, physical, and emotional symptoms through the power of food. 
And then my podcast page is at Rooted Mindfulness. And that page is where I'm sharing more of the mental health stuff. I'm sharing quotes. I'm sharing, you know, I'll get on and record a quick video where I'm just kind of having a conversation like this of here's, you know, a little pep talk, but more importantly, just giving other people also a platform to be able to share their story. And I'm really excited to kick that off because Paris is coming on my podcast next week. And that's going to be the first podcast episode of 2023. So be to know you girl. I know. I'm so excited. I can't wait to come on and chat and you guys for sure go connect with court right now. I'm going to have that linked in the show notes. You can get both of those Instagram accounts, the mindfulness nutritionist, and then also rooted mindfulness. I'll put those in there so you guys can tap there and then follow her, give her a shout out, give her some love, check her out. She's amazing. I'm so glad that we got to make this happen. And I, I know there's going to be more conversations coming up. I'm going to be going on your podcast. We're going to be sharing that. And I know we're probably going to do, be doing some more episodes and stuff like that. So this isn't the end, but you guys for sure go check her out. And again, thank you. Thank you for being here for tuning in, for wanting just to learn more about these topics and conversations, whether it's you yourself that lives with bipolar or having someone that you want to support or a friend or family member, or just wanting to learn more about it in general. Thank you for being here. And again, Court, thanks so much for coming out. Yeah, see ya. Thank you.